Section 15 of Great Epics in American History, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Great Epics in American History, Volume 3. The French War and the Revolution, 1745-1782, to by Francis Whiting Halsey section fifteen lexington conquered and bunker hill seventeen seventy five one by william e h lecky on the night of april eighteenth seventeen seventy five general gage sent about eight hundred soldiers to capture a magazine of stores which had been collected for the use of the provincial army in the town of concord about eighteen miles from boston the road lay through the little village of Lexington, where about five o'clock on the morning of the 19th, the advance guard of the British found a party of sixty or seventy armed volunteers drawn up to oppose them on a green beside the road. They refused, when summoned, to disperse, and the English at once fired a volley, which killed or wounded sixteen of their number. The detachment then proceeded to Concord, where it succeeded in spiking two cannon, casting into the river five hundred pounds of ball and sixty barrels of powder and destroying a large quantity of flour and it then prepared to return the alarm had however now been given the whole country was roused great bodies of yeomen and militia flocked in to the assistance of the provincials from farmhouses and hedges and from the shelter of stone walls bullets poured upon the tired retreating troops and a complete disaster would probably have occurred had they not been reinforced at lexington by nine hundred men and two cannon under lord percy as it was the british lost sixty-five killed one hundred eighty wounded and twenty-eight made prisoners while the american loss was less than ninety men the whole province was now in arms the massachusetts congress at once resolved that the new england army should be raised to thirty thousand men and thousands of brave and ardent yeomen were being rapidly drilled into good soldiers the american camp at cambridge contained many experienced soldiers who had learnt their profession in the great french war and very many others who in the ranks of the militia had already acquired the rudiments of military knowledge and even when they had no previous training the recruits were widely different from the rude peasants who filled the armies of england as an american military writer truly said the middle and lower classes in england owing to the operation of the game laws and to the circumstances of their lives were in general almost as ignorant of the use of a musket as of the use of a catapult the new england yeomen were accustomed to firearms from their childhood they were invariably skilful in the use of spade hatchet and pickaxe so important in military operations and their great natural quickness and the high level of intelligence which their excellent schools had produced made it certain that they would not be long in mastering their military duties. The whole country was practically at their disposal. All who were suspected of Toryism were ordered to surrender their weapons. General Gage was blockaded in Boston, and he remained strictly on the defensive, waiting for reinforcements from England, which only arrived at the end of May. Even then, he for some time took no active measures, but contented himself with offering pardon to all insurgents who laid down their arms except samuel adams and john hancock and with proclaiming martial law in massachusetts he at length however determined to extend his lines 
so as to include and fortify a very important post which by a strange negligence had been left hitherto unoccupied on a narrow peninsula to the north of boston but separated from it by rather less than half a mile of water lay the little town of charleston behind which rose two small connected hills which commanded a great part both of the town and harbor of boston reed's hill which was nearest to charleston was about seventy-five feet bunker's hill was about one hundred and ten feet in height the peninsula which was little more than a mile long was connected with the mainland by a narrow causeway cambridge the headquarters of the american forces was by road about four miles from bunker's hill but much of the intervening space was occupied by american outposts the possession under these circumstances of bunker's hill was a matter of great military importance and gage determined to fortify it the americans learnt his intention and determined to defeat it on the night of june sixteenth an american force under the command of colonel prescott and accompanied by some skilful engineers and by a few field guns silently occupied breed's hill and threw up a strong redoubt before daylight revealed their presence to the british next day after much unnecessary delay a detachment under general howe was sent from boston to dislodge them the americans had in the meantime received some reinforcements from their camp but the whole force upon the hill is said to not have exceeded fifteen hundred men most of them were inexperienced volunteers many of them were weary with a long night's toil and they had been exposed for hours to a harassing though ineffectual fire from the ships in the harbor but they were now strongly entrenched behind a redoubt and a breastwork the british engaged on this memorable day consisted in all of between two thousand and three thousand regular troops fresh from the barracks and supported by artillery the town of charleston having been occupied by some american riflemen who poured their fire upon the english from the shelter of the houses was burnt by order of general howe and its flames cast a ghastly splendor upon the scene the english were foolishly encumbered by heavy knapsacks with three days provisions instead of endeavoring to cut off the americans by occupying the neck of the land to the rear of breed's hill they climbed the steep and difficult ascent in front of the battery struggling through the long tangled grass beneath a burning sun and exposed at every step to the fire of a sheltered enemy the americans waited till their assailants were within a few rods of the entrenchment when they greeted them with a fire so deadly and so sustained that the british line twice recoiled broken intimidated and disordered the third attack was more successful the position was carried at the point of the bayonet the americans were put to flight and five out of their six cannon were taken but the victory was dearly purchased on the british side one thousand fifty four men including eighty-nine commissioned officers fell the americans only admitted a loss of four hundred forty-nine men and they contended that if they had been properly reinforced and if their ammunition had not begun to fail they would have held the position the battle of breeds or as it is commonly called of bunker's hill though extremely bloody in proportion to the number of men engaged can hardly be said to present any very remarkable military character and in a great european war it would have been almost unnoticed few battles however have had more important consequences it roused at once the fierce instinct of combat in america weakened seriously the only british army in new england and dispelled forever the almost superstitious belief in the impossibility of encountering regular troops with hastily levied volunteers 
the ignoble taunts which had been directed against the americans were forever silenced no one questioned the conspicuous gallantry with which the provincial troops had supported a long fire from the ships and awaited the charge of the enemy and british soldiers had been twice driven back in disorder before their fire from this time the best judges predicted the ultimate success of america end of section fifteen